Hey everyone, this is Becoming a Bible Nerd. I'm Carrie Hunt, and I'm so glad that you are joining us. I believe this ancient Eastern text was never meant to study alone, so we choose to do it in community. We'll take one book a semester, one chapter a week, and really dig in to understand the context and culture that the book was written in so that we can better understand how to apply what God is saying to our lives. Our goal is to equip you and your community to fall more in love with Jesus because you have fallen in love with his word. This season, we are going through the book of Daniel, and today's episode is Daniel chapter 10, Stand Firm. Now, going into this chapter, we need to know that this is setting the stage for a word, a prophecy, a vision, an explanation in Daniel's chapter 11 and 12. This chapter kicks off in the third year of Cyrus's reign, around 536 BC, and several scholars mentioned when I was studying that Daniel is now in retirement and apparently did not travel back to Jerusalem along with the others. At this point in time, Cyrus was letting the first wave of exiles return to the homeland. Now, is this because he was too old, too fragile? He still maybe felt directed by God to do a work in Babylon or in that area. We don't know, but we know that he is in retirement and he is not at this point returning to the homeland. Verse one tells us that a message was revealed to Daniel that was true and it was about a great conflict. This word and it's true has been brought up several times and it just kind of leads me to question, is there times that people receive a vision that is deceptive? I don't know. Those are just thoughts again. And I'm going to be sharing several of these just questions that I have that I don't have the answers to, but I just kind of, as I'm studying, give those to God. And in his timing, he usually is faithful to, well, he's always faithful to reveal them to me. Things that haven't been revealed yet is not, just means it's not the time. So he understood the message and the vision. In verse 2, we learned that he had mourned and fasted for three weeks. Now, again and again throughout this entire book, we see Daniel faithful to his biblical disciplines. He is always fasting, praying, seeking God, doing all the things, reading scripture. And in this instance, this three-week fast um, was him denying any rich food. He did not eat meat. There was no wine. So basically all the delicacies that was for the elite in this time, he denied himself. So it wasn't a full fast, but it was just of the excess. And then it says that he put no oils on his body. And this was kind of like a deodorant in their day. It smelled good. And it was just part of their everyday, like guess, putting on deodorant. So this was a typical discipline to practice if you were wanting to receive some revelation from God. We believe that he was probably a little discouraged during this time because the Jewish people were allowed to return, but they were the ones that were returning. It was a slow process, slow moving. There were people like the Samaritans coming up against them. And then a lot of people were just choosing to stay. They probably liked their life in Babylon. And so whatever was going on, we know that Daniel was searching and looking for some revelation from the Lord. And boy, did he get it. 
So in verses four through six, it was on the 24th day of the month and he was standing on the Tigris riverbanks and he saw a man dressed in linen. Now we know that this was a supernatural being, but this was a common um, dress among priests in that day. And then just listen, take a minute to just focus in and imagine this creature. He had a belt of gold. His body was like topaz. His face was brilliant lightning. His eyes were of torches and his arms and feet gleamed a polished bronze. These were all words that were common in the ancient world that was talking about any creature that would be colorful in their day. And it said that this creature's word sounded like a multitude. Just, I, I'm just in awe of the beauty that that was before Daniel. Some scholars, when I started studying, said that they believe that this was Jesus because it de the depiction of it matches him in other parts of scripture, specifically in John's revelation. However, I struggled with this stance along with other commentators because we know that this um, this being needed the help of Michael. Now, this is something why I love, a reason why I love to study in community because some of my study partners had more information than I had my hands on whenever we got together yesterday. And Lynn, one of uh, my study partners, had had read that the people that fall in the camp that this was Jesus believed that there was not just one entity that appeared, that there was several, there was more than one, which I did gather that while I was reading. So perhaps he saw a vision of Jesus, but all of the, the, the conversation and the touching of the lips and the giving strength maybe came from an angel. And so I was, I was thinking that is interesting and I could see that take, but either way, it really doesn't matter Obviously, that was not the most important thing for that Jesus is communicating to the reader today because it's not clear. So in verse 7, only Daniel sees the vision. Other men that were with him ran and hid because they could feel a greatness in the atmosphere. There was a great terror that came on them. And remember, anytime an angel, um, or especially Gabriel, has appeared to people he always has to follow up, do not be afraid. So evidently, whenever you encounter these angelic beings, there's just such a greatness that you have an awe and a, and a fear at the first um, sight of them. This kind of reminded me, this whole situation of the men fleeing and not um, seeing the vision of Saul on the road to Damascus. In verse 8, Daniel has no strength left in him and his face grew pale because he was powerless. I just think that this is something that we, again, need to stop and think about how powerful these supernatural creatures are. In ancient Babylon, in carved in tablets, they have found that other people, not even the Lord's people, have encountered beings and they had the same description of how they felt in their presence. Just wiped out, no strength left, and I just think that this is fascinating to learn about. In verse 9, he says, I heard the words and fell into a deep sleep face down on the ground. Again, this is reminding um, me of Abram's experience when the Lord God was making a covenant with him. He put Abram in a deep sleep and God passed through the sacrifices twice so that only God was 
required to be faithful and keep his end of the deal. He knew Abraham would never be able to do that or Abraham as he was later named. And so God went through the covenant promise twice, once for himself and once for Abraham. And again, in our study group, when we were talking about this, one of the the study partners brought up, if we realize this in scripture, we know Daniel was seeing these patterns in scripture because they know Old Testament. They had it memorized. So then we get into this angelic conflict. In verse 10, a hand touched Daniel and raised him to his knees and then tells him that he's treasured by God. Um, And then to understand the words that he's speaking to him, that he has been sent by God to Daniel. In verse 12, we see these famous words again, do not be afraid from Um, For from the first day that you had purposed in your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your prayers were heard. And I have become because of your prayers. This is what this being had told Daniel, not to be afraid. And from the first day that Daniel started praying, he was dispatched to Daniel. Now, again, I brought this up in the last um, segment, but I'm going to bring it up again. This reminds me of Isaiah 65, 24, when God says, before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. What this is communicating is that our prayers matter. Daniel received this vision and the understanding because of his prayer. Another thing that this tells us is that his prayer was heard and answered because of One, his humility, and two, because he had purpose to understand God rather than have God understand him. It made me think, how many times do I go to prayer because there is something serious to pray about, but I spend so much time telling God how to solve the problem rather than saying, God, give me eyes to see what you are doing, what you are saying, and what do you want me to do because of this? I'm telling you what, that was convicting to me. So again, we have to approach God in humility and we need to purpose to understand God rather than have him understand us. In verse 13, it says, the prince of the kingdom of Persia opposed me for 21 days. That was the same amount of time that Daniel had been fasting. Then Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me and I had been left there with the kings of Persia. The more I dig in and study God's word, the more I believe that when God divided the nations at Babel, something happened, and he also divided up his divine beings as well. He gave them territory to rule over, but he he kept Israel as his chosen allotment. The prince of Persia was a being that was assigned to that region. Now, somewhere along the way, some of these beings fell to, to and joined Satan's army, and they want to be the rulers. They want people to worship them instead of God. In verse 14, it says, now I come to help you understand what will happen in your people in the last, to your people in the last days. For this vision refers to those days. Now, we don't know what that is yet, unless you've read ahead. We're going to talk more about what this vision is in the next chapter. Verse 15 says, while he was saying these words to me, I turned face I turned my face towards the ground and was speechless. Again, we see this weight of glory and power and its effect on him. In verse 16, it says, Suddenly, one with human likeness touched my lips. I opened my mouth and said to the one standing in front of me, My Lord, because of this vision, anguish overwhelms me and I'm powerless. How can someone like me, your servant, speak with someone like you, my Lord? Now I have no strength and there's no breath in me. This again reminds me of Isaiah 67, where the being takes coal and cleanses his lips and shows him a vision of God's throne room. 
Verse 18 goes on to say, Then the one with human likeness touched me again and strengthened me. He said, Do not be afraid. You are treasured by God. Peace to you. Be very strong. And as he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. He gets strengthened by this entity at exactly the right time that he needs it. Verse 20 goes on to say, Do you know why I have come to you? I must come at once to fight. I must return at once to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I leave, the prince of Greece will come. Now, this leaves me with some questions that I unfortunately don't have answers to. But he says that he has to go back and fight this entity that's over Persia. And eventually, the prince of Greece is going to come. Well, Greece, it takes 200 years for Greece to rise as an empire. So is he going to be fighting this entity for 200 years? Or are these beings living outside of space and time? These are all just things that I can't wait to get to heaven and learn the reality of. Verse 21 says, No one has the courage to support me, again, except for Michael, your prince. However, I tell you what is recorded in the book of truth. This is still mind-blowing to me that he is. this entity is fighting the prince of Persia. It takes him 21 days just to get to Daniel. He has to go back and find him again. And the only person that has the courage to stand up and fight with him is the archangel Michael. Now, (laughs) this can be a little bit heavy, but Paul tells us that we, well, in fact, I'm going to just go straight to the scripture. I had notes for this, but I just want to read it straight from the Bible. Paul talks about this warfare. We get a glimpse of it in Daniel, and then Paul gives us such great instructions on what we as Christians, as human beings, are supposed to do during this time. And in Ephesians 6, he says, finally, be strengthened by the Lord. Remember, Daniel was just wiped out. And in our Christian walk, we can experience the same things. In fact, usually when we get up to do something for the kingdom, it's when we feel the most oppressed, when we feel the most attacked. And we can literally feel wiped out. But Paul is saying, when this time comes, be strengthened by the Lord. And just as we saw that Daniel was strengthened by the Lord's army, Paul is telling us we can have the same. He says that his strength is vast. And then he tells us to put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the enemy's tactics. The the two words that jump out is the full armor. He says to put on the full armor, not the armor. We have to Make sure that we get dressed in it all and so that we can stand firm against the devil. For our battle is not against flesh and blood, against rulers, against the authorities, against the world powers of this darkness, and against spiritual forces of evil in heaven. This is why you must take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand. And then he says, stand therefore. So Paul is telling us that we do not battle against other human beings, that he is telling us exactly what we're seeing in the book of Daniel, that there are supernatural powers that are at war against us. And in in order to be able to stand against them, we have to put on this full armor. He says, stand three times leading up to that. And 
he ends up telling us what the armor is. It's the belt of truth. Truth is only found in the word. And so when we feel attacked or that is things are coming against us, we have to speak the truth of God's scripture out loud. And that does something to build our spirit and our faith. He says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. This is allowing the whole, his spirit to cleanse us of sin and indwell us and live a life of walking by the spirit and not our flesh. This comes from feeding our spirit more than what we feed our flesh. And then he says to put on, um, let's see, uh, Sandal your feet with the readiness of the gospel of peace. Basically, he's telling us to be prepared in season and out of season to tell people your gospel story. Put that personal touch on it of how who you were before and who you are now because of Jesus Christ. Then we're we're to use the shield of faith. This, our faith, our faith extinguishes arrows that are coming at us from the enemy. We're to wear our helmet of salvation. We're supposed to use the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then he ends this by saying, and pray in the spirit on all occasions. He doesn't just say pray. He specifically tells us that we need to pray in the spirit on all occasions, the good and the bad occasions with all kinds of prayer and request and to stay alert in this with all perseverance and intercessions for the saints. To get this perseverance, we have to be strengthened by the Lord and we get our strength by putting on our full armor. This is just like a big continuous circle that we have to do every single day. This Greek word for pray in, when it says to pray in the spirit, translates in English as with the help of the spirit or in connection to the spirit. This is allowing your spirit, which is alive in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit to lead your prayers. Remember guys and gals, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and it dwells in me. While this is absolutely insane and crazy, it is God's plan for his kingdom to use. I I, I just, what I was thinking as I was reading through this is you have these beings that God created that are so huge and so powerful that they suck our energy just in their presence and leave humans terrified. And they always have to warn, do not be afraid. And they have the power to re-strengthen us. And they've been around from the beginning of time and they can study human behavior. So the enemy knows human behavior. And I don't even know how brilliant these creatures are, but that he, and then we are human. We haven't been around that long. I've been around for 46 years on this planet and that we are blind to these beings, but yet we are expected by God to stand firm against them. And it's just mind blowing the, the strength and the power and the plan of God to use. Basically we're sheep. That's what Jesus calls us. We're sheep. We're blind. We're dumb. <laughs> we don't really have, we, we see through a veil darkly, but God has given us tools through faith to stand firm against the enemy. And that that same power that raised Christ from the dead, defeating death, defeating Satan dwells in us. And we can operate with that same authority. And he wants us to, it is just mind blowing to me, but we have to make a choice. We can choose, and it honestly, it's easier to choose just to put our head in the sand, not think about this because it's weird, it's scary, it can be discouraging. And so we can just put our head in the sand, and you know what? When that happens, we get our lunch eaten. We will conform to this culture, and 
we will be ineffective for the kingdom. Or we can decide, you know what? I am going to be strengthened by the Lord. I'm going to put on my full armor and I'm going to stand. And it takes some brave sons and daughters to do this. And I'm inviting you today, no matter what you are going through, I encourage you. We are all in this together and I am feeling it too. Every time I do the study, every time I step up to do a recording, to teach through something, I get so attacked. Our finances, um, different things in our life, and I'm feeling it strong right now. In fact, last night, I'm just being vulnerable. A friend um, ran into me and she was asking how I was doing and my eyes welled up with tears. And I said, some days I just feel like it would be easier just to live a normal life. <laughs> and by a normal life, I mean to put my head in the sand and just go about my day and and not do this. But I slept on it. I prayed about it. And I I really don't know any other way to live but to be in battle um, and be strengthened by Christ. And so I share that with you just to let you know that you're not alone in this. And we need to stand together. We need to lock arms and we need to be strengthened by the Lord and we need to put on our full armor. And I just pray that the Lord helps bring revelation to you to understand what that even means and looks like. Um, Remember, Daniel practiced daily his disciplines. They weren't these big, huge things, but he just was consistent consistent with his prayer, with his fasting, with his reading of scripture. He did it in humility and he did it with big faith. I just encourage you to incorporate these exact same things into your daily life. (laughs) And if you're listening today, let me encourage you. You are on the right track. You are doing it. Um, Anyway, we're going to close today with a prayer. I'm going to pray over our nation. I'm going to be praying over you. I'm going to be praying over... um, A world out there that all of us, me and you, need to grab up, invite in our homes, and teach them how to read God's word so that we can grow an army of disciples that follow Jesus and can stand firm because they have the ability to to put on the armor every single day. That people need help. I, I just talked to someone recently that said, I've never known how to do this until somebody showed me. And people... Friends, we need to go out and invite people to join us and to show them, and they're hungry for it. They want to know. They just, I think, have given up that anyone would ever show them, so they don't try. And so join me in prayer this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, I just come before you, and I lift up the nation of America to you. I thank you that you sent people over here at the beginning of time to found this nation on biblical truth. I thank you that we have freedom, Lord God, to talk about this, to record this, to put this over air, to invite people in our homes, Lord God. We thank you for that freedom. And I just pray that whatever we put our hands to in this journey of showing people how to read your word and to be strengthened by your word, I just pray that you honor and you bless it and you multiply it. I pray that those that are listening, that are willing to do this, that 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 team multiplies, Lord God. We want to help equip disciples, Lord God, that are going to stand firm in these last days. We want to you to give us understanding, just like you gave Daniel understanding. Give us eyes to see. Give us clarity of what the mission is, Lord God, and help strengthen us so that we can stand firm. We thank you, Lord. We pray for a move of God in this nation. We pray for a spiritual awakening. We pray that eyes are opened, Lord God. We pray that people are filled with hope, that they are filled with healing, and that they are filled with mission. And we thank you for these things. In your holy name I pray. Amen. 
Well, guys, this is um, the close of this chapter. I will see you next week with chapter 11. We are almost there. We are almost to the end. I hope you have a great week. Happy reading.